0: Welcome back to The Dark Side. I'm your host, Brianna. And I'm Paige. And this is Dark Adaptation. Paige, it's so exciting to have you on the show. And you get to be, you're joining us on a a special episode. It's episode 25. It's our Jubilee episode. Ooh, 25. You know, the number 25 kind of falls serious yeah like how like when I was in elementary school um when you know how they assign you a number based on where you are in the alphabet yeah always be number 25 really yeah yeah oh fuck that's so cool I know it okay Steph are you listening great so can you like look at something? I don't know if it's it'll be a s- significant in her chart or if you could do some numerology or something. But like, can you figure out if why twenty five is significant to Paige? Okay, great, great, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Okay, so I actually didn't even realize it was going to be our twenty fifth episode. But there's this podcast that I listen to. I'm sure you've heard the promo, Spoils of Horror, mm-hmm. and I listen to that like religiously every Wednesday they come out with episodes and I am like yes time to listen it's like first day it comes out I listen and then at the end of their most recent episode which was episode 35 um burial ground at the end they gave us a little shout out just like congratulating us on our upcoming 25th episode so I was listening Mm -hmm. and I was like oh damn It's going to be your 25th episode. That's wild. That's awesome. I love the like connections that you guys make through all of this too. Yeah. We got our little like pod friends and that's awesome. It's a whole community. It is. Yeah. Plus like we, the friends that we have made in like the little podcast world, uh, we started our podcasts like around the same time, like within a few months of each other. And then you're just like this small little show. It's just like an indie show. Mm-hmm. so yeah you just like boost each other up share like cross promote and stuff and it's a sweet little gig yeah I love that I love uh, how everyone's coming together and you know there's no hate towards anyone there's only love for anything that anyone puts out so I don't have any hate so far why so would you right I... you all love the, the same things you guys <laughs> all uh, love serial killers and uh, all those type of documentaries and everything and that's you bo- yeah you guys bond over it that's awesome did you just fill? Nope. Awesome. I thought it probably would have been refreshing. Okay. I'm sweaty. You are glistening. I'm glistening. Got I wonder what the temperature is in here. I have a thermometer, but it's broken. Oh. Probably because it's so hot. It just went right through it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so because this is your first episode, um, you know, you're a long-time listener. I am. First the- time guest host from the very beginning (laughs) i've been with you guys that's what friends are for it's it's great and i've been telling everyone you do yeah for sure anyone who's like asking i'm like yo look my friend has started these podcasts and you got to check them out you got to you got to support it especially since it's local and they and people love that you're doing local stuff like Mm. you hear all these like stories and everything from all over the world and it's like well what about our own backyard there's a lot of crime around here too so fucked there actually is so much yeah wasn't brantford in like number one in ontario for crime rate at some point oh for sure number one or at least top yeah they all they all circle they all have their shot so yeah crime moves I know that in all of Canada, Brantford is one of the worst um, for employment rates. We have the highest unemployment rate, like one of the highest. Like it's it's a it's a weird place. Our government is failing us. <sighs> That's for another podcast yeah, page. Is. <laughs> this isn't a political podcast. <laughs> okay, so to have the audience get to know you a bit, I thought I'd ask you just a few little fun questions. You know, hit me. Okay, so the first one is what is your big three my big three your sun your moon and your ascending oh man okay um so i am a gemini and i believe i have a scorpio moon and a taurus sun a taurus ascending ascending yeah your gemini sun scorpio moon taurus, taurus ascending. ascending yes and that's probably why we get along so well because we sh- it's like a little mix because i'm a taurus sun a gemini moon mm-hmm. then i have capricorn ascending we we complement each other so well yeah we do we like vibe really well we vibe so well <laughs> question we, oh sorry i was just gonna say uh like any of the jokes that we have like just like we get them like there's a lot of people that i will like repeat what happened because it was just so funny and people like oh yeah and i'm like you're not brie you weren't there you don't get it it's hilarious yeah you're like listen you're not on my level okay i'm sorry i wasted my time with you (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's my capricorn ascending (laughs) the second question uh what kind of music do you like um i'm pretty eclectic in i think everything so um Mainly right now, I'm listening to a lot of rock. Oh, really? Um, the band Dorothy. I'm really loving them right I've now. I've heard of Dorothy. They're I'm good. Maybe I've heard a song on the radio or something, but I don't I've think. I've definitely played them. So I mean, if you've been oh. in my car, then you've probably heard them. But I'm really loving uh, "A Beautiful Life" right now by them. So check that out, guys. It's it really gets you. Are gets they you like feels. a Canadian band? Uh, no, I think they're from LA. Ooh la la. Yeah. Little LA summer vibing music. Mm-hmm. But Listen yeah, to like, Dorothy. Dorothy, yeah, um, I love uh, the this Red is not Hot chili ad. peppers, and uh, right now I'm wearing a 20, uh, 21 Pilots T-shirt. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah, it's their album that they put out during the um, during the pandemic, and I think it says we're gonna be okay on the back. We're gonna be on yeah, we're like. gonna be okay. Yeah. And the front says level of concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was their single that they put out. So Lauren got it for me for Christmas. I know Julia listened to 21 Pilots. I don't know if she still does. I went to their concert. It was good. It was a good Sick. concert. Sick. They were awesome. It was out in London. Would you say rock is your favorite genre? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, I kind of flip flopped. Like again, I'm, I'm so eclectic and everything. I listen to pop. I listen to mm-hmm, rap. Same. I listen to country. Like I listen to everything. See, so. that's where we're similar in Indie, yeah. I, listen. I don't listen I don't to country, I don't hate on anything. I can vibe to anything. A vibe? As long as I can sing along sh- uh, really shitty in the car, <laughs> then I'm good. With your windows down, people are just like, what is that? Did is that someone hit a cat? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you use the highway, because no one can hear you. That's also could be very scary i did that one time um and then i had to take my picture for my driver's license right after it i was so stupid why would i drive all the way from hamilton <laughs> to the dmv in brantford uh with the windows down the entire time oh uh, my god <laughs> here opposite a ponytail Thank did you have god, your little but... devil horns <laughs> I, I tried. i had to slick them back uh, devil horn cowlicks yeah for those that, that don't know <laughs> <laughs> so no one <laughs> no one I'm sorry Um, to bring it up. No, it's fine. Um, They're just, they're those little tiny baby hairs that you have on either side of your head, and they just flip out and curl upwards and kind of make two (laughs) devil horns on the side of your head. And, you know, genetic condition or, you know, (laughs) you tell me, but... You'll have to send when you send me a picture, and I'm gonna post it all over our Instagram Paige's Just devil horns. Yeah, that's what I call them. My little devil horns. And then this came up because I was talking about how I don't do my eyebrows, like makeup, because I have eyebrow cowlicks, <laughs> so I have to pluck them. Drowlicks. <laughs> we're both just totally—we were impaired by our cowlicks. Yeah, we got stories, obviously, and trauma surrounding them. They don't do what we want then the next question for you if you're stuck on an island and you could only bring three movies what three movies would you bring well you know number one you both know number one the breakfast club the breakfast club <laughs> i love the breakfast club who doesn't i mean it's such a classic i love a john hughes movie it's mm-hmm. just it builds your builds your movies uh and just like yeah keeps going off I, I like breakfast club yeah i love the breakfast club um number two I don't know. Oh, there's just so many good movies out there. That's a, that's a really hard question. Like Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club, 20th Anniversary, <laughs> Breakfast Club Special Blu-ray Edition, <laughs> Breakfast, Breakfast Club, The Board Game. I don't know how they're going to do that, but I'm waiting for it. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, if I had to say, I'm blanking. I'm, I'm not stupid. I'm just under pressure. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I guess <laughs> no. I should give you a he- heads up. No. Uh, no, it's okay. Um... Okay, well, uh, classic is uh, also the Lion King animation, the first oh. one, the 1994 one, because I loved that one. I do love that one, too. That's definitely one of the best Disney movies, like those classic, like, masterpiece yeah. ones. Yeah. Like, I played it on VHS so many times that my parents were surprised I did not break it, because I would just play it and rewind it, play oh. it and rewind it. Because VHS, man, old school technology. Yeah, for those that don't know what a VHS is, <laughs> all the Gen Zs, <laughs> then don't stop listening. Google it. Get out of here. You're too young. Go You're to too- bed. (laughs) go to bed what is it it's it's 455 it's 455 on a sunday Sunday. lights out gen z get ready for school tomorrow that sounds like a threat lights out gen z (laughs) i'm just kidding please don't leave you'll probably actually make up a pretty good demographic
1: (laughs) don't leave us (laughs) yes
0: we're counting on you the lion king the breakfast club Uh, and i i like change it up like for the genre so you don't get bored yeah so like you don't do horror movies no but maybe like something long to get you through the day like the hobbit or something we're gonna put deadpool okay i'm gonna put deadpool that's a good one because you get a little bit you know it's funny but it's also like pretty gruesome right and it's it's r-rated so it's 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 hilarious and ryan reynolds is I like that one. Mm-hmm. Those, are good, those are good answers. Okay, those so are good three. The Breakfast Club, The Lion King, and Deadpool. So random. So random. Eclectic, once again. Exactly. That's a theme with me. If you adopted a puppy and had to name it immedi- immediately, what would you name it? Oh my gosh, why? <laughs> okay, this is definitely the hardest question ever. If they're like, you can have this puppy and you have to leave in 10 minutes, but you have to name it before you leave, what do you name it? Okay, I can I give you at least, like, like maybe... Three of them that I would like, okay three yeah, top yeah. names. Yeah, okay, yeah. the first one is probably Suki, cute, right. and from like Gilmore Girls, like Melissa oh. McCarthy, like so, character Suki character Suki, Suki. Um, if it uh, another one, maybe Poppy. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, you like Poppy? Poppy, Poppy would be cute. Um, and then we kind of need a boy's name in there. Jerry. Jerry. Oh <laughs> my god, my friend uh, <laughs> named her new puppy Craig. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, okay, see, I, I love Craig. when pets have people names <laughs> because you picture like you're in a public in a public pack and
1: mm-hmm. you're like
0: screaming for Craig, like, Craig. Craig, Craig! Did anyone see Craig? Has anyone seen Craig? He's a little brown. Um, what is it? What is he? He's a shi- shi- uh, uh, a cock-a- cockapoo. A cockapoo. Yeah, a Shih Tzu. That's foul, Paige. Poodle. Cockapoo. Cockapoo. <laughs> I hope you like that. <laughs> Craig the cockapoo. I think so, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Cocker spaniel and shih tzu. I think that's the thing. A shhh. Cock shits. <laughs> shih tzu, cocker spaniel. Cocker spaniel, shih tzu, cockapoo. <laughs> that's... T- I, anyways, he's super <laughs> cute. Um, Named Craig. And then, okay, boy's name. We need a boy's name. I told um, you, Jerry jerry you can name your next cat jerry i'm gonna name my next cat pancake <gasps> pancake and waffles <laughs> corgis should always be named waffles cute um and then uh i was talking about this with my mom the other day winston i love that isn't that cute and you call him winnie little winnie little winnie winston poppy and suki winston poppy and suki so all great names you oh. can actually just name it all three names it could have a full name or i could just get three dogs my God and solve all problems. That's it. That's the answer. That's the only answer. Last question. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you love Toby Maguire? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I saw the like the little smirk on your face and I knew something good was coming. I had to throw it in there. Okay, please repeat the question. What was the question? On a scale of one to 10, ten. how much do you love Toby Maguire? Zero, <laughs> not even on the scale. For those that don't know me, Know that I don't like the Tobey Maguire Spider Man series. Tom Holland is way better. Way, way, way better. I just don't like Tobey Maguire and his stupid face. But for Christmas, because I knew that she loves Tobey Maguire. I, I do, and he's the best Spider Man. Don't care, okay? I got her this shirt <laughs> that had four different ugly faces of Tobey Maguire on it because I knew that she would love it. So yeah, it's that's like what friends are for. It's like a big square and it's divided into like four mini squares and there's each of his dumbass expressions like the meme Tobey mm-hmm. Maguire from the Spider-Man franchise. And like the highlighter colors. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like hot pink, lime green, bright blue and yellow. Yeah, and it's like the whole ass front of the shirt is just his, and s- it's his silly little face. signature faces. Yeah, it's the best shirt ever, and I do it because I love you. <laughs> she spent her hard-earned money on a Toby Maguire shirt, and she hates the man. I was actually going to design you a shirt, <laughs> but uh, I ran out of uh, time and I couldn't get it right, so uh, you're like fine. You I settle, settle on someone else's is... design. Yeah, but thank you for the design because it was perfect. <laughs> that's all the questions i have okay. i hope that you loved them i did so before i turn it over to you i just wanted to remind everyone that this is the last episode of the month so that means at the end i will be announcing our july schedule i'll be saying the topics that we'll be covering next month so stay tuned so excited and that means that we're gonna turn it over to you paige Thank you, you can very introduce much. what you're gonna talk about Okay, so I am going to be talking about Pukwudgies. Yeah, And this was your suggestion and I ran with it and I loved it, I learned a lot. Um, I will have to say that if I pronounce any of the names wrong or uh like mispronounce them anything i am truly sorry i tried my hardest Mm -hmm. to make sure that i said everything correctly but uh, this is a blanket apology for anything that i don't get right isn't that weird how that's like the most stressful part you're like how the fuck do i pronounce this yeah i was looking i was doing research (laughs) i was trying to make sure i have them spelled phonetically next to the actual Mm -hmm. word to make sure that i do say them right uh, but I might slip up, so I'm I apologize. I'll I'll forgive you. Thank because you. I understand where you're coming from. Okay. Now let I'm ready to hear about puckwitge. Let's go. Okay, so what does a puckwitjee mean? Do you have any idea? Evil small thing. I mean you're <laughs> kinda close. Uh, Not the evil part, but um, it means uh, little man of the woods or little man that vanishes or uh, wilderness people. There's a lot of different terms for them, depending on which uh, tribe you talk to. Um, They're also known as uh, Bugwa Okay. Yes. Um, And so what are they? They are uh, found in uh, Native American legends. And uh, so we're going to be looking at uh, one of the tribes located in um, southern Canada, northeastern U.S., and the Great Lakes region, like a bunch of different tribes from there. Amazing. Also kind of all centralized in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So, Perfect. I mean, there's just there's so many um Native American tribes all over North America, South America, the world that yeah. we could talk about um, and I found that going in that there was just, there's so many different uh, recounts of it and uh, sightings and uh, information that yeah. I just couldn't get through it all, so we're just going to be focusing on Honestly, that's perfect because like where we are situated mm-hmm. and then uh, for the states and stuff that's where we have a huge number of listeners, so it's perfect location that's awesome thanks for listening guys um okay so uh what the physical description what do they look like um so they are classified as uh forest spirits and Mm. are kind of halfway between a troll half human they probably stand about two to four feet max (laughs) i knew they were small but that's so cute and small yeah they're they're tiny but they can be that's why i was like an evil little one because i knew that sometimes they can be little assholes yeah (laughs) um and so uh yeah there have been uh reports of them some looking like uh porcupines um cougars deer um yeah they they can kind of transform they've got a couple of different uh different like powers and stuff oh my god they're like shapeshifters Mm -hmm. oh my god yeah because like Um, seeing a porcupine and seeing a deer are very different yeah yeah depending on which which tribe you talk to Mm. and which legend yeah there's different different recounts of different things can't wait to hear about it um some say that they wear clothing such as hats and pants oh my god yeah and uh some say that they're hairy and that they can uh have colors of hair ranging from red to black uh gray brown oh my god yeah i want to see one in a little little two foot thing in a hat Cute. you think it is oh yeah just wait for it though oh no Um, So um, there have been some that have been described as three to four feet tall with smooth gray hair, uh, like hairy skin and large ears. Uh, Some have long thin noses and some might have more of a flatter face just depending on where you are. Mm. Yeah. Um, So the legends tell that before a Pukwudji would appear, the strong scent of flowers would appear. Oh my God, I love that. I'm gonna name my Pukwudji Petunia. Petunia. A pocket full of posies, <laughs> posies, <laughs> puckwudgies, so cute. Uh, yeah. Uh, it'd be it'd be crazy to come across one. You'd be like, oh, what's does smell? It's so lovely. You think it's like the lilacs in the air, and then you're like, oh no. You look down. There's just a little thing in a hat. <laughs> well, you're definitely gonna be thinking about it next time you go on a trail. Oh yeah. Oh, that's Any true. type of walk, yeah, you're gonna be thinking because any type of noises that you hear now in like the backgrounds here, <gasps> you're gonna be thinking about it. Little Pukwudgie. Yeah. Yeah um so uh they are tree dwellers and they can live in hollowed out uh trees which brings a connection to like the fairy folk like european folk as well so cool yeah You should um, cover fairies one day because they're crazy oh i would love to i i have a full list like i've got like i got a
1: list that's of perfect things that i could
0: talk about so um and then uh depending on which tribe you ask they also have abilities such as turning invisible mm. Uh, that animal shapeshifters. So, yeah, again, cougar, porcupine, deer, or any type of other animals. Um, they can create fire at will. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fire-starting shapeshifters. So little badasses. Yeah, and they can make people forget things or confuse them. Oh, my God. So people have lost time as well. They're like, how long have I been in the woods? Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll, I'll talk about that later, too. Oh, cool. Um, and then... Um, They can cause harm by staring at someone. Oh, no. And uh, they can uh, control spirits of deceased victims. So depending, again, on which tribe you talk to, some of them might, you know, just hear more about, like, them turning into animals and shape-shifting, and other people might say that they can make you forget time. So, but there's different variations. Um, And then they are known for their temperament, which could range from good natured to mischievous (laughs) to straight-up antagonistic. Oh my god, if some of them are square-nap ready to fight. Yeah, you you gotta be careful about which one you come across, because um, they uh, there have also been stories about uh, those who annoy the Pukwajis, um, which results in them following groups or single hikers, <sighs> and causing trouble for those people by playing, like, nasty tricks on them. See, that's what I've heard it, when I think that the little evil guys, I knew that they were, like, little mis- mischievous, mm-hmm. but that makes sense, don't fucking bother them yeah they're minding their own business you you respect them they'll respect you yeah um and then so some of those tricks could include like uh they've been known to kidnap people like straight up people vanish Oh my God! Yeah, um, they... people just vanishing is so creepy. It is because you don't know what happens. And my <sighs> most logical explanation is like, oh, they just fell into the swamp and they died, or you yeah, know, like a weird little sinkhole. They got lost. They died. Like no, but... they were literally c- abducted by a pukwudgie. Yep, they could have been. Um, they also uh, have been known to lead hunters to their death in the forest. So, I mean, again, like, you know, mm-hmm. they go missing, they get lost, they might uh, trick them into getting lost. don't yeah, like, lose track of time and stuff, maybe people just wander and wander. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, they push people off cliffs or create oh. a feeling of doom and depression to drive people to fall off cliffs. And there is a cliff in Massachusetts that um, has been known for people to. Oh my God, so uh, what's that called? A jump. The call of the void or whatever. Something like that. Dyson, does that sound right? Call of the void, call of the void when you're like on the edge and you just like,
1: you just feel like you have to jump. Like, yeah, it's like... the
0: buckwood cheese. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, they can make <sighs> you feel that. Um, They have been, uh, they attack their chosen victim with uh, short knives and spears sometimes, so they can fashion weapons. And, um, they kick up sand to blind their victims, too, if they're, if you're, like, coming after them or if they're trying to confuse you. I can't believe how evil they are. Yeah. Um, and then it said that paranormal energy attracts mm. puckwoodggies and that they can also be found in surrounding locations of sites that are charged with power or energy. That makes sense why they would be in Massachusetts then because mm-hmm. of like I don't know if you ever heard of the Bridgewater Triangle. I'm going to get to that <gasps> later. Oh, It's funny, you say that. Oh God, you got yeah. it. We are still on the same page. But first, we're going to uh, look at Indiana. Indiana, um, okay. specifically uh, Mound State Park in Anderson. Indiana. Um, And so this is about 30 minutes outside of Indianapolis. Um, And then according to uh, folklorist and Pukwiji expert Chris Balzano, um, who has been researching Pukwiji's for about uh, 15 years and uh, Natalie Christ, who uh, both run uh, Tripping on Legends. Mm. um, They conducted an interview of a man named uh, Jim Campbell um he was employed as a park ranger and security officer at mounds state park and claims to have spotted a pukwiji oh my god mm-hmm. i'm excited to hear about what kind of pukwiji yeah so on july of uh, 2016 he recalls that while he was on a routine patrol of the area he was driving through the back area of the park near the pool and was coming around a circle drive when he spotted something off of the, in the thick woods as he was coming around the bend he described seeing quote a small figure about three foot tall, running like the Dickens, and running into the woods. Never heard that expression before. I have, and I knew you would laugh at it, I, so I kept what's it. What's this guy's name, Jim? Jim Campbell. I love him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, three foot tall, running like the Dickens, and running into the woods, and it was just a few moments. It was human. It was in a hat and drab clothing, three foot tall at most, and he was figured it was a man. A little and tiny coat. man. Yeah. In a hat. Yeah, in a hat. Yeah, and drab clothing. So if he's running like the Dickens, does that mean, like, really fast? I would assume so. Okay, that's also just very alarming. head down, like, running. It's like Tom he Cruise to out there. But he was. Tom Cruise is about the size of a Pukwaji. <laughs> it could be him. So just imagine <laughs> Tom Cruise running like the Dickens, <laughs> which I'm sure you can find on any of his movies, so. He's running like the Dickens. He's always in running his like contract. the Dickens. Yeah. Stick <laughs> okay anyways uh so chris and natalie recall a time when they went out on a pukwaji hunt and before they entered into the forest they could hear a series of knocking um but they were the only ones in the area um and uh sometimes they use uh knocking to communicate Uh, Pukwajis as well. That makes sense, especially Um, if they're like living in like hollowed out trees and stuff. And you don't want people to hear you Mm -hmm. and you know, you're a type of species that likes to be hidden in the dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely use that as a form of communication. Um, And so they said that uh, once in the forest and walking around the mounds of Mounds State Park, suddenly the entire area is filled with fireflies in seconds. And then they all quickly move into a straight line. Um, At the end of the straight line is a hollowed out tree and they can see something small, dark, and mysterious zipping between the tree lines. Um, And then a doe appears out of nowhere behind Natalie and pauses to look at them and then darts out towards the road and disappears. A doe? A doe. So the shape-shifting into a deer almost. Yep. Oh, that would, that's where I got worked up. (laughs) You worked yourself into a burp. Oh my God, that would be wild. Yeah. and when you see fireflies, like personally, I'm like, oh my God, it's so majestic. Something and magical is happening, yeah. And then all of a sudden they're in a straight line and there's just a deer. After a weird little thing was zipping around, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, did we eat shrimps? I don't remember eating shrimps. <laughs> did they put something in the air here? <laughs> What's going on? Um, so, uh, the mounds themselves, um, they could be considered a meeting place for the tribes across the country, um, and Chris believes that it's possible that this is a location where some tribes brought their dead, and it has a spiritual connection to their way of life at the time. Okay. Well, he's been there researching for 15 years, so he knows knows a lot of history. Yeah. Um, and then... According to author Christopher R. Fee, he mentions in American Myth, Legends, and Tall Tales, an encyclopedia of American folklore that quote, in 1927, a 10 year old Paul Starsman of Anderson, Indiana, who grew up listening to the legends of the Pukwugees from his native American grandmother, said that he met one of these little men while hiking. He reported that the creature who wore a long blue gown, he also reported seeing the little people again several times in the 1930s end quote oh my god uh, mm-hmm. in a blue gown yeah getting all dressed up yeah who like they wear all sorts of things yeah. i mean why wouldn't they be able to fashion their own clothing if i mean they can literally make little knives and stuff to s- attack you they could make clothes for sure and why not reuse and recycle use all the clothes of your dead victims <laughs> <laughs> They would. They're little macabre assholes. They would do that. Of course, they wouldn't waste anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So according to uh, Lenape uh, slash uh, Delaware people tribes, Mm -hmm. in an encyclopedia of American folklore, Christopher also writes about, quote, in the 1800s, a Methodist minister near Marion, Indiana, reported that angry forest people attacked him and cut his throat with a flint. While he tried to chop down a tree that Native American lore suggests was a lair for the little creatures, end quote. Well, that's what you get. Mm -hmm. Stop fucking around with shit you don't need to be. You don't like someone fucking up your house? Mm. Uh, Walk away. They're all- Get out of here. All in the background knocking and communicating. Like, are we going to get this guy's ass? Yeah, Yeah, let's go beat his ass. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Be like, you scare the shit out of him. Okay, now you attack him. You cut him with a flint. That's so funny. Yeah, don't be in someone else's backyard, causing trouble. Um, and so uh, this is also the location where uh, Lenape and Miami tribes settled along the White River. Okay. Um, and then uh, according to uh, the Anishinaabe people, commonly referred to as the Chippewa in the U.S. and the Ojibwe in Canada okay. in reference to the dialect spoken depending mm-hmm. on the tribe. Um, we all just refer to them as the Ojibwe right. uh, people. Um, so these tribes are located surrounding the Great Lakes, uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Manitoba, Ontario, and then parts of Quebec and Saskatchewan. Crazy um, that it stretches so far. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and then, uh, so the Pukwajis have a few names, but mainly uh, they use uh, Bugwajininan. Bugwajinan? Bukwaji, Bugwajinini. Bugwajinini. Bagwa Jinini. Cute. Yes. Um, So which uh, translates to wild man. Okay. You did Um, say that some of them are like the wilderness men or whatever. Yeah. People of the wild, small Mm -hmm. people of the wild, wilderness men, wild men. Um, And they consider them to be mischievous, but good natured who just like to play tricks on people, but are are not considered dangerous. Yeah. There's little pranksters. Yeah. They just like to like to trick people. Keep people on your toes. What's wrong with that? um and uh so there's a poet who wrote about uh the native americans in 1855 and his name was henry wadsworth longfellow all right um and uh his poems he drew inspiration from Algic researches uh in 1839 and other writings by henry Rowe schoolcraft who was a united states indian agent cool at the time um and then henry is also friends with an ojibwe chief uh, his name is uh Kagi-ga-ga-bo,
1: okay.
0: and had uh, frequent encounters with uh, Black Hawk and Sauk people of Boston Common, in uh, some of which of the poems he wrote, o- wrote about were based on their legends and folklore. Nice. So back in Massachusetts? hmm A little bit kind of heading that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so the poems are called The Song of Hiawatha is set at Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore, a location along the south shore of Lake Superior near Hiawatha National Forest, Michigan. Um, So the song of Hiawatha has 22 chapters and an introduction in which it follows the legend of a man named Hiawatha and his lover and wife, uh, Minnehaha. Cool. Um, And it's based off of a figure of Ojibwe folklore, uh, Manobozo, who Was known as a trickster and transformer. Okay, mm-hmm. transformer into yeah. what, a deer? So, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could be anything, you <laughs> never know. Um, so the one that I'm actually going to read to you is uh, The Death of Quasend. Oh my god, I'm so excited! Okay. Far and wide among the nations spread the name and fame of Kwasind. No man dared to strive with Kwasand. No man could compete with Kwasind, But the mischievous Pukwajis, they, the envious little people, the fairies and the pygmies, plotted and conspired against him. If this hateful Kwasind, they said, if this great outrageous fellow goes on thus a little longer, tearing everything he touches rending everything to pieces, filling all the world with wonder. What becomes of the Pukwajis? Who will care for the Pukwajis? He will tread us down like mushrooms, drive us all into the water, give it our bodies to be eaten by the wicked Niba by the spirit of the water. So the angry little people all conspired against the strong man, all conspired to murder Quasend. Yes, to rid the world of Kwasand, the audacious, overbearing, heartless, haughty, dangerous Quasend. Oh my God, there's more of it already. Now this wondrous strength of Quasend, in his crown alone was seated, in his crown too was his weakness. There alone could he be wounded, where no- nowhere else could weapon pierce him, nowhere else could weapon harm him. Even there, the only weapon that could wound him, that could slay him, was the seed cone of a pine tree, was the blue cone of a fir tree. This was Quasen's fatal secret, known to no man among mortals, but to the cunning little people. Mm -hmm. The Pukwajis knew the secret, knew the only way to kill him. So they gathered cones together, gathered seed cones of the pine tree, gathered blue cones of the fir tree. In the Woods by Tawamina, brought them to the river's margin, heaped them in great piles together, where the red rocks from the margin, jutting overhang the river. There they lay in wait for (laughs) Kwasund, the malicious little people. I love them. They're all ready. (laughs) I love them. Right. Uh, Twas an afternoon in summer, very hot and still the air was, very smooth the gliding river. Motionless the sleeping shadows, insects glistening in the sunshine, insects skating on the water, filled the drowsy air with buzzing. With a far-resounding war cry, down the river came the strong man. In his birch canoe came Kwasant, floating floating slowly down the current of the sluggish Tawamina. Very languid with the weather, very sleepy with the silence. From the overhanging branches, from the tassels of the birch trees, soft the sprint of sleep descended. By his airy host surrounds, his invisible attendants, came the spirit of sleep, Nibawin. Like a burnished Dushko Nishi, like a dragonfly he hovered, o'er the dorzy head of Kwasand. To his ear there came a murmur, as of waves upon the seashore, as of far off tumbling waters, as of winds among the pine trees, and he felt upon his forehead blows of little airy war clubs, wielded by the slumberous legions of the spirit of sleep, Nibawin. As of someone breathing on him, at the first blow of their war clubs fell a drowsiness unquassed. At the second blow they smote him, motionless his paddle rested. At the third, before his vision, reeled the landscape into darkness Mm. very sound asleep was quescent so he floated down the river like a blind man seated upright floated down the ta Mina, unearthed the trembling birch trees unearthed the wooded headlands unearthed the war encampment of the pygmies the pukwajis there they stood all armed and waiting hurled the pine cones down upon him Struck him on his brawny shoulders. On his crown, defenseless struck him. Death to Quasend was the sudden war cry of the little people. Oh my god, it was probably so cute. It's probably was. Um, And he sideways swayed and tumbled. Sideways fell into the river. Plunged beneath the sluggish water. Headlong as an otter plunges. And the birch canoe, abandoned. Drifted empty down the river. Uh-huh. Bottom upward swerved and drifted nothing more was seen of Quasend, oh but the memory of the strong man lingered among the people and whenever they thought the forest raged and roared the wintry tempest and the branches tossed and tumbled creaked and groaned and split asunder Quasend cried they that is Quasend. he is gathering in his firewood end quote oh my god the picture that was painted there i was like with it the whole time. I'm just picturing all these evil little things, like we gotta everyone get some the blue pine seeds, pine cones, everything. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be that guy right in the fucking head and he's gonna go down. And then just that eerie feeling of like if you were part of like his tribe or whatever community and you're at the like the side of the river and you're just like look and you're like, is that Quasance? canoe. No, I don't see anything. Just floating by upside down. You're like, "Uh-oh." Yeah, something's angered happened. something out there. Mhm. And the little Pukwudgies who are like, "That's the closet. That's the closet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're fucking up the the nature, you're fucking up their way of life mm-hmm. and you don't get you don't care, you don't give a shit. So they're like, "Hell no. We're going to we know your secret. We know what harms you and we're going to use it to our advantage." I don't blame them is there like a bunch of Puckwudgies, like a whole ass like community of them like uh, a community of pukwudgies mm-hmm. yes cool yes they do have communities little clans oh my god okay i bet you're gonna get into it i'll get into it a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh and then so now we're gonna kind of swing over to uh massachusetts okay here we go um and the wampanoag people um, so they uh, cover the southeastern ocean front of Massachusetts, covering from uh, the south part of Boston, Worcester, and dips into the eastern side of Rhode Island and includes the island of Nantucket. Um, so, in Wampanoag and other southern New England tribes, talk about them being nasty and mischievous and tormenting people. Oh, tormenting! Yikes. Yep, and there are tales of Pequodgies stealing children. Oh my God playing harmless little tricks before committing crimes or deadly acts of sabotage okay pick make up your mind puck they're like no we're gonna play with you first. are you pranks yeah ew ew it's like a cat yep they're gonna play with their food first <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know what feeling cute might abduct a baby later who knows what the day <laughs> will lead to <laughs> Um, and so, uh, but they used to be friendly with, uh, the Native Americans, and, uh, then they turned against them, spe- specifically in the Wampanoag tribes. Okay. And there's a story that follows that. So, the legend of Shop, the giant. Ooh. Um, and uh, this, Total opposite uh, of a Pukwudgie. Yes. A yeah. He's a giant. <laughs> um, and this, uh, is a story written by Deborah Champlin, and, uh, it's the legend of Shop, and is that he was, uh... <laughs> Sorry, the legend of Moshop is that he was a giant uh, that lived among the Wampanoag tribe and is what is currently known as Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard at the moment. Okay. Um, and he loved to sit on top of the vineyard near a town called Gay Head. Mm. Um, and uh, he also loved whale meat, uh, which could cook over a fire with the trees that he ripped out of the ground around him. Um, and this was the reason why there are barely any trees today on Gay Head. Oh, wow. Um, and then he used to catch the whales, uh, by throwing stones, giant boulders into the water between, uh, Huck and the mainland, which he would then use to step on, and this is how it is now known as, uh, Devil's Bridge. Oh, that's yeah. wild. Um, And that uh, there was also uh, talk about how he loved the natives that lived there, and he would often share his catches with them, Mm -hmm. and to show how much they loved him, one year they gave him all of the tobacco that they had harvested. Oh, that is a huge sign of Mm -hmm. appreciation. Yeah. Because, like, tobacco is used in a ton of, like, sacred rituals and prayers and stuff, so Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Yeah, all of their appreciation for Mm -hmm. Moshe um and uh so he put it in his giant pipe and he smoked the tobacco and emptied the ashes into the water which is now known as the island of nantucket cool yeah Um, And so he was known as a local hero to the natives, and it said that the Pukwajis were getting into a rambunctious or malicious kind of state at some point. Of course they were. Um, And the natives asked uh, Moshop to take care of it for them, and so he attacks the Pukwajis, grabbing them, shaking them, and throws them around the world, and in doing so, he slaughters some of them, which angers the Pukwajis. Right. And, I mean, if you look at... Elsewhere in the world, you will hear other stories of what people have described, similarly to Pukwajis and maybe different versions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, this would kind of like fall in line with that where, you know, this is how they got around the world. Yeah, exactly. Plus, if this guy's hurling giant ass boulders and eating whales, mm-hmm. he can launch a little tiny Pukwajis right. like into the stratosphere. <laughs> and then they come roaring back down in Africa. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so all I'm going to read to you, um, from, uh, Elizabeth Raynard's, uh, The Narrow Land that she wrote in 1934, and it's a story of Moshop and, uh, and the Pukwajis. Okay. So it says, quote, In the days before the first white people came across the sea, a young giant named Moshop lived in the narrow land. He was so large that no wigwam or council house could hold him, so he slept under the stars. Mm -hmm. Moshop's wife was named quant he had a wife yeah he did have a wife oh my goodness there's actually a couple different versions of the story that i'll get into Um, but in this one he had a wife named quant Uh, bore him five sons who were also giants and had good hearts in the days when Moshop and his five sons and his quarrelsome wife used the cape a little people lived in the swamps of maple and birch and around the salt ponds and bay they built their homes in high grasses and bulrushes and divided their forces into seven bands, each with their own leader. These pygmies were called Pukwajis. Hmm. Only a handful of them were in each band, yet so potent was their magic, even a common Pukwajie had charms greater than those of tribal medicine man. Oh, wow. So terrible were their miracles that Mo Shop and his sons and his wife could not always prevail against them. The chiefs among the Pukwujis had more power than the pygmy warriors, but the chief of chiefs, the leader over the seven bands, was the greatest magician of them all. In height, he was the tallest Pukwujis, and at that he scarcely reached the knee of an ordinary man. (laughs) Around his neck hung a string of bright shells. His body was entirely covered with green leaves, and he carried a white oak bow equipped with arrows which were not a finger long. He and his band lived in the marshes near Paponaset Bay, where he could keep an eye on the doings of Moshop and trouble the gentle giant with small botherings. The Pukwajis were bad. (laughs) Now and then they befriended a man being, but that was only to show what they could do. Oh my god. Show offs. Like, check this out. (laughs) They trained the Will of the Wisps to shine lights near the trails at night. Traveling Indians followed the lights and were lured into the marshes, where Matado, the devil, trapped their feet in quicksand and sucked them into the earth. Oh my god. The Pakwajis delighted in scaring women and girls. Sometimes the little people appeared in the form of bears. And when the hunters shoot at them, pulled the arrows out of their hides, broke the arrow shafts, and ran away, or vanished into the air as soon as the arrows touched their bodies oh my goodness what does that remind you of brave the movie brave what what movie is that that's the movie with the girl with the really big red hair she's um it's from scotland um and she uh is told that she has to find a husband and there's they're competing for her hand, but Mm. she shoots the arrows better than they do to win her own hand. And then she travels into the forest, is led by Will of the Wisps. Oh my God. To this lady in the forest who does magic, who then turns her parents and her mom and her siblings into bears. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. Is that like a, is that the Disney movie or yeah, whatever? Yeah, it's the Disney movie. Okay, Brave. I haven't seen it, but I do know that movie, and that is a wild. It is wild. It's straight up, like borrowing that folk that like folklore essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they just made it from Scotland. They pushed Indians off high cliffs and killed their victims. Oh my god! <laughs> and this is where that the lore comes in too, it's, right? It's just, <sighs> I love them. They're evil and cute. Mm-hmm. and mischievous but I'm like dude you don't have to take it to this level no wow go after the people that did something wrong yeah. go after the people that are like rapists and all that shit like, not the dude, people who are treating not, the land just as no, sacred not, as that you. Just, not that we're just accusing random people of being rapists and pet Pukwajis, files but... you have these magic powers use your little magic powers to find all the rapists in the world and take them out take them out thank you thank you pakwa Okay. Um, In the form of wildcats, they jumped upon man beings and fought to the death. Jealous of Moshop and of the love that the Indians bore toward him, now and again the Pukkojis performed good magic solely to make Moshop aware that their medicine was more powerful than his. Oh my God. So it's they like, like. To show off. Yeah, I was going to say it's literally just to flex. Yeah. They're just flexing hard. Mm-hmm. Um. The gentle giant was slow to anger, yet there came a day when he could endure the tricks of the little people no longer. He took a large tree in either hand, wadded all the way around the peninsula, stooping down to inspect the shores, bending low to look into the marshes and along the reeds of the bay water. The Pukwajis kept rabbit still. The giant could not see them, so he enlisted his sons in the search. The five sons, who were smaller than their father, lay down among the pines near Poponisset Marsh. The wind blew from the south, the reeds swayed back and forth, and the giants saw this motion and did not realize that puckwidgees hidden among the salt grasses were creeping nearer and nearer. Oh Suddenly, the tiny warriors threw bad magic in the giants' eyes, and the sons of Old Moshop were cruelly blind. I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Cruelly blind. You know, if you're putting your head down next to the Pukwajis, something bad's gonna happen. <sighs> With huge hands, they struck at the grass and crushed a few Pukwajis. Wow. But all the rest of the pygmy warriors escaped to a safe distance, and all the giants could no longer see them. They stood in the open and threw their poisoned darts into the hides of the suns. The young giants became so weak that they could not rise. In great suffering, they waited for the coming of Moshap, who, when he saw his strong son stricken by the little people, worked all the magic that the giant knows. But neither he nor any Indian could save the five blind giants. Those little bastards. Right? Also like the fact that only, you know, a few... Puckwudgi casualties with giants hammering their fists down, and the rest got away. You're like, man, you guys are lucky. Yeah. And you deserved that. You blinded five giants. Mm-hmm. Yep. You you were showing off to them, and they didn't like it anymore. And they said, enough's enough. You're you're being too uh, too annoying and oh, yeah, just sh- rambunctious and malicious at this point. No way. <laughs> Straight up assaulting people. Yeah. Full on. So the next kind of topic we're going to be talking about is uh, the Bridgewater Triangle. Oh, my God. God. I believe I've heard of it before. So the Bridgewater Triangle is located in uh, southeastern Massachusetts. Um, It's about 200 square miles roughly within the towns of Rehoboth, Freetown, and Abington. Okay. So the three towns. Main towns that make up the 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 triangle. Yeah. This area covers Hockamock Swamp Wildlife Management Area and Freetown Fall River State Forest. Okay, so we got a spooky swamp and a spooky forest. Spooky swamps. And yeah. Um, So the Wampanoag tribe named this area Hockamock, which means place where the spirits dwell. Ooh. Yes, and this was considered a sacred tribal uh, burial ground as well as a place for um, a strange phenomena to happen over centuries. Well, you get a burial ground in there, and you know there's shit's going down. Yep. You know that there's a lot of connection to the other side there. Yes. Um, and so uh, it is said that a curse is settled upon the land, and there is different variations as to the reason why. Okay. So the, st- uh, the swamp was deemed uh, worthless by Euro-American settlers in like the 18th and the 19th centuries. And this led to a portion of the swamp being drained and used as farmland. Yeah, because they know about what's best. Mm-hmm. And the <laughs> uh, land was bought from the Wampanoag tribe in 1659 and Freetown was established in 1683. Mm. So, um, and it's also known for uh, cult activists and rituals, which can include animal sacrifices and ritualistic murders. Oh my god. The energy in this place must be wild. Yes. Yes, it is uh, a crazy place to be. There's a lot of stuff that goes on there. Has been known for natural dangers such as quicksand and sinkholes. I'm terrified of quicksand. I know the thought of getting stuck, but I've watched videos on how to get out. So I feel confident that if I follow those instructions, I should be okay. I'm gonna have to watch some videos. You're gonna have to watch some videos (laughs) if... If the chances you <laughs> ever come across sinkholes and quicksand, um, can't so, be too prepared. No, that's true. Um, there have <laughs> been reports of giant snakes, uh, strange creatures, ghosts, missing people, red-eyed dogs, giant black pterodactyl-like creatures with an eight to twelve foot wingspan. Absolutely not. Multiple reports. Ew. Which doesn't cover puckwidgee so we won't get into it today. But maybe oh. on another episode, we could look entirely at what the Bridgewater Triangle has to offer. So. Yes, please. Actually, um, speaking of spoils of horror, Stephen, one of the um, like hosts, like one of the guys on the show, he had was like, "Oh, you should look into the Bridgewater Triangle. It's very interesting." And I was like, "Oh, like I've heard of it." And absolutely. So, again, full circle. Paige, you're coming on on episode 25 when 25 follows you around. And mm-hmm. here you go. This is another connection for another you. Another connection. If, if people like it and they enjoy uh, the stories that I'm telling and the information and the facts that I'm giving you about these legends. it's <sighs> going to be cool. We'll do Bridgewater Triangle for sure. It would be really cool. Um, And so it's also a known uh, spot for Bigfoot. Yes. UFOs. Oh. Uh, ominous Black Helicopters. What? <laughs> yes. Weird Balls of Light. Okay, okay. Poltergeist Activity. Absolutely not. And Cattle Mutilations. Okay, that's so creepy. It goes hand in hand though, with the UFO sightings because UFO sightings and alien activity, there always seems to be, like, cattle mutilation. And it goes in with the cult and activists and the, and oh, the witches exactly. and everything. Yeah, it goes with all of that and... Uh, they, they talk about animal sacrifices. So, I mean, if you want something big to happen, you got to kill something big. So, I mean, cattle mutilations. Oh, my God. Dogs that go missing. Oh, I know. Yeah. All Cats. Shit. And especially if they're changing it more into farmland because they've taken over part of the swamp. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, you've got a lot of animals there. A lot of sheep, a lot of pigs, whatever, whatever you've got going on. So, that is a lot of dark energy. It is a lot of dark energy. And, uh... So in Freetown Fall River State Forest, mm. which is also known as Cursed Forest. Okay. Um, and so as part of the Bridgewater Triangle and in an encyclopedia of American folklore by uh, Christopher R. Fee and Jeffrey Webb mentions Puckwidges and says, quote, a rumor has it that their nasty forest tricks continue to this day in areas of Massachusetts where the Wampanoag once reigned. Much of their activity centers on the notorious Bridgewater Triangle, an area in the southern eastern part of the state that includes Fall River Freetown State Forest. Mm. People report seeing small, grey trolls and being lured off the trail and into the deep woods by glowing orbs. Some report an overwhelming urge to jump off the edge of a 100-foot cliff in the forest called The Ledge. A series of suicide jumps there remind people of stories that report Pukwaji's pushing people off cliffs. Oh, and my hope. God. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. You're just, like, out there, like, okay, oh my God, I'm so happy to get my fresh air. And then you're, like, lured away by a bright light yeah. and launched off a cliff. Gonna go for some exercise. Oh, um, what's this? I'm gonna... <clears throat> I have this urge to follow it right off a cliff. Ugh. So it might <sighs> explain some suicides there. It, um, or it might not. Who knows? But... Um, there have been reports of it all the way back, yeah, to the 1800s. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so during one of uh, Chris Balzano's expeditions into Bridgewater Triangle, he talks about losing two hours of time for no reason. Oh, Lord. This is where he was. He went in specifically to go and see something, and um, he lost track of time and all of a sudden came out and he was like i lost all this time i have no yeah. idea like, i went in there to check out one thing for 15 minutes and where the hell did these two hours well, at least go? go on on an expedition to find something there and uh yeah recalls like being lost and being lured away And oh, losing time so creepy mm-hmm yeah And, yeah, people get lost in there all the time. I was going to say, it's already, like, startling when you think you're lost for a second. Like, you think, oh, my God, I took a wrong turn or something. And you get that, like, scared feeling of, like, fuck. Yeah. I have to try and backtrack out of here. But then you realize, like, not only are you unsure of where you are, you think possibly something led you this way and two hours went by and you have no idea what happened in those two hours. Exactly. It's like, okay, this is why I don't leave my apartment. (laughs) Or I at least tell somewhere, someone where Always. I'm going. Always tell someone where you're going, especially if you're a woman. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, and who's to say that they don't change your markers? Like, say you put some markers. Up and, I mean, they tap on the woods. They create spirits. They can do anything. I know they're a little mischievous. Yeah, they're they're like, like, oh, did you just tie this little orange string here? I'm gonna move it. Mm-hmm. They're, if they have the intent, if you have bothered them, they will, they will retaliate. Oh so. My God. Um, God. And then this area, Fall River, Massachusetts, have been. Uh, reported sightings close to Lizzie Borden's house okay when you said Fall River I was like I'm pretty sure that's Lizzie Borden so the Pukwudgies and the Lizzie Borden house what a combination I don't know much about the Lizzie Borden house what do you know oh about the Lizzie Borden house oh boy okay um I know that it's still um it's sort of like a tourist attraction these days Mm -hmm. um you can go there you can actually spend the night um you could like in the house. In yeah, the you can spend a night in, in the house. That's like a museum and That's cool. um check out everything. All of the like the couch is still the couch is still in there that I believe it was her father was murdered on the couch. Yes, I think so. And I know that couch is still there. I know uh, um they do like obviously ghost tours they have actual pictures of like them on the floor that have yeah. been going around and that have been out so you can actually see their dead bodies and it's exactly. like that's um that's what i know about the house anyway okay. uh there's still like old pictures the basement is like full of um documents and stuff that were mm-hmm. from the house there's like old newspapers about the crime um yeah that's off the top of my head when i know okay Um, So, Lizzie Borden is the famous location of the axe murder of her parents, (laughs) Um, and uh, this location is where uh, Lizzie is reported to continue to haunt to this day. And according to U-Switch's article, the best haunted hotels from around the world, it has ranked Lizzie Borden's bed and breakfast museum as number two overall and claims that the bed and breakfast, quote, is known for doors opening and closing on their own, coupled with a mysterious floral scent that some say are signs of the Borden spirit, end quote. Floral smell, though. Floral, yep, the floral smell. The, you That's said where that. that comes in. Yeah, you said puckwidgee's you might smell like, like a floral scent. Mm-hmm if they're around yep that's too specific for it to be uh-huh. anything but i think and then in Raynham, massachusetts which is about 30 minutes northeast of fall river according to an article written by Susanna sudborough at the taunton mm-hmm. gazette a man named bill russo had an experience about 30 years ago when he walked his dog after working a midnight shift Ooh. oh my god actually i think i know this story you do okay i think it's just the walking the dog in the midnight, but maybe I'm confused, but Okay. I'm excited well, to we'll hear confirm. It. Yeah. Um so he claims to have seen a creature that was quote three feet tall, maybe four feet tall, kinda like a stuffed animal. Think teddy bear. Hundred pound or so with a pot belly. Oh eyes a little too big for his head. And then it was motioning to me, beckoning to me with its arm or paw or whatever. End quote. I have heard this, and, and we can cut this if it's too much of a spoiler, but wasn't it saying something, and it sounded like it was saying, trying to say, like, come with me or something, but it couldn't properly speak English? Mm -hmm. Was that this story? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I've heard this one. Yeah, so, yeah, he was saying, yeah, come, uh, come with me, and he was like, you come, come with me, (laughs) and... Um, he claims that in the moment, he thought it might have been a kid in a Halloween costume. (laughs) With a little pot belly. (laughs) With a little pot belly. Um, but when he tried to talk to it, it just kept repeating the sounds that it made. Um, and so, uh, he claims that he wasn't scared because he was so much bigger than it, but his dog, who was a German Shepherd Rottweiler mix, oh, so. was terrified. And that dog is, like, that dog could take on a puck, which he mm-hmm. tried. And he said it started, quote, shaking like a washing machine, end quote. The dog? Yeah. Oh my god, it was Cause cause terrified. So scared, yeah. It was it's a... like, what could scare it? Not a child. It wouldn't scare a child like no that. No way! So. Even if a kid was in a costume, maybe it would, like, bark or something, but mm-hmm. to be shaking and, like a shepherd rottweiler like that's a tough dog yeah and you're walking at midnight too like you would be more on alert than terrified if anything yeah also again, yeah good point at midnight what kid is in a halloween costume at midnight being like yeah i'm with me well after working a midnight shift, so it could have been later than midnight, it would have right? been later so, Yeah, for sure because i had to get home get the dog and yeah, go for a no walk way. yeah oh According to the Mohegan people, this tribe and uh, area covers Connecticut and a bit of Massachusetts. And the Pukwajis are known as Makaiwis, or um, uh, it's also known for the plural Makaiwisug, which means little people. Okay. Other small forest dwellers called Nikomo, and they are believed to be uh, good forest spirits, but there is also an understanding that they are to be treated with respect. Of course, uh, at this yes, point, we that know we... that now. Mm-hmm. You respect those little guys, or they're gonna just beat you up in the shins. Yeah, and uh, they are said to live under Mohegan Hill in Montville, Connecticut. Okay. Um, so they do not cause death or destruction, and they bring good fortune and assistance to those who treat them with the respect that they expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Nicomo have their own rules of etiquette and is considered rude to look directly at them. <laughs> If you break this rule, uh, they might root you to the ground and take your belongings. Oh my God! They'll loot you. Yep, they'll loot you, and yeah, they'll they'll use their their powers with the forest and with the earth, and they will they like freeze you in place, like yeah, almost like you're in quicksand. Take all your stuff. Um, so they're benevolent little people of the forest, and they are often mistaken for children when they are spotted by humans. Oh, right. We've heard that before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in costumes. Right. With little pot bellies. (laughs) With little pot bellies. That's my favorite part, right? Just a little guy, like, come here, come here. And it has, like, this big old pot belly. (laughs) So cute. Um, and they are described, um... They are described as sturdy, built, and despite their (laughs) stocky, muscular appearance, they have a grace and delicacy about them. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I'm sturdy, but I'm graceful. (laughs) (laughs) Until you hear something clatter on the floor. Don't look over here. Um, They have an affinity for stone and earth magic, um, and claims that the medicine people of the Mohegan tribe have learned skills from them. Oh, that's mm-hmm. actually adorable to think of, like, a little, like, medicine man and then a tiny little puck with his little pot belly just poking into everything, being like, <laughs> I'll show you how to make an actual potion here. And right? medicine man's like, interesting. And It's this tiny little thing with a silly hat on. Showing you how to mix potions. (laughs) Yeah, and how to heal people. But, I mean, they obviously had a really good relationship, uh, completely different from the Wampanoag tribes. Exactly. Like it said, if they don't want to be assholes, they want to help you Mm -hmm. and share their wealth of knowledge and everything. So, like, if you respect them, then they will respect you and share their, like... Badass secrets. Yeah, and don't have a giant come and shake them all up and throw them across the world. That would be great, Launch too. it to New Zealand. Oh, there goes the auntie. There she goes. <laughs> Bye. See ya. They have Nikomo feasts um, that are held in their honor. And um, everyone has to bring a giveaway. Oh, my God, I love it. Yeah. And so they are more likely to be willingly helpful to those who provide offerings to them. Uh, and people will often leave baskets of food in the woods for them. Mm. So these uh, gifts would be either like corn cakes, like cornbread. <gasps> Fuck yeah. I, I love want cornbread. cornbread. Oh, my God, I want cornbread so bad. Mm-hmm. And, wait, am I a pukwuchi? Are you a pukwuchi?
1: <laughs> Is of an that why asshole? you suggested it?
0: Are you coming out? That's a lot to say <laughs> right now to confirm. I'm coming out Breaking Our, News, <laughs> Brie is a puckwitchie. Everyone's like, hey, we already know you're bisexual, okay? We know that. And I'm <laughs> like, no no no, this is different. This is this is more. I I'm I am a puckwitchie. <gasps> <gasps> you heard it here, folks. I knew it. She's so hairy in that potbelly. <laughs> pot <belly. laughs> There's only one downside, I'm not three feet tall. No, you're not three feet tall. So it's already, it's, unless you are the chief of chiefs and you are the head and the leader. This is actually just human skin and there's three or four (sighs) Pukwudges stacked on top of each other inside of this. I'm working each arm. Damn, okay, well, this is an exclusive, everyone. (laughs) Took a a left turn right there. And of course I found a way to make it about me. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) All right. Sorry, Paige, please continue. This is your episode. (laughs) Contributions from everyone in the peanut gallery. It's fine. Half the peanut gallery is MIA. That's okay. Probably with my cat son. He's probably working on his next episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I want him to do every 20 episodes at least. That would be cool. Oh, so then I would be every 25 episodes. No. So they would give them uh, corn cakes, cornbread, um fresh berries or even meat honestly that sounds delicious sounds like a full dinner cornbread fresh berries and some meat yeah yeah like i'm fucking set let's do this picnic you've got your main meal you've got your little side cakes and then you got your fresh berries for dessert (sighs) delicious full meal so the leader of the nikamo is called uh granny Squanit, and uh she is an ancient and very powerful being i love her Mm mm-hmm as a payment for the kindness the people have shown them, the little people taught the Mohegan people how to grow corn and to heal using plants. I love it. Yeah, and they have their own legend about a time in which uh, the English settlers were arriving to North America. And as a result, many of the Mohegan uh, and little people were falling ill. Oh. So during this time, a Mohegan medicine woman was approached by a Nikomo and was named Wigan who had come to ask for her help in healing someone who was sick. Wegun led her to an old Nikomo woman named Granny Squanet mm-hmm. and said that she is very powerful and was in dire need of help. The medicine woman spent nearly a moon treating Granny Squanet and upon restoring her health, the Nikomo gifted her with a basket of gifts and a reminder to remember them. Once she returned back home, she opened the basket and inside were quartz crystals, painted skins and bunches of herbs so like actual for this time like treasures yeah like yeah. gifts like yeah. full-on like expensive gifts precious gifts i would be pumped with well, the painted skins you know like nothing. well you, you could use those skins on drums you could use it yeah. for clothing like, back like... then mm-hmm. absolutely but like nowadays if they were like here's some like you know for some fresh fruits and berries and some quartz that would be like Fucking thank you. Yes. How did gonna you go, know? I'm going to go eat my berries and charge my crystals in the sun. Let's do it. You're like, I'm going to go make wine with those berries. Oh! I'm going to them a bucket, stomp the them with my Pukwaji feet. And then <laughs> gift them a bottle. Because are like, thank you. Thank you. This aroma's weird. Let's let's start this <laughs> friendship here. Um. So in some versions of the story surrounding Mo Shop is that he was married to <laughs> Granny Squanet. Oh Mosha makes an appearance. That makes yeah. sense when I was like, He's married and you're like, Yeah, 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 don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll talk about that. So depending on which tribe you talk to mm-hmm. and which stories um they they believe and they follow, um, he could either be with uh Quanit or he could be with um Skwanit. I Or I guess they could technically be the same person. Yeah, exactly. Right. I there's Squanit and then I believe there's it's her name is Quanit. It's probably Kwanit. yeah, it's probably it's just the same it's the same the same woman just yeah. d- depending on where you're hearing the story yeah exactly but i like granny she's so fucking sick right and she's generous too i want some crystals because mm-hmm. in the other story in native uh or in Narrowland, in the other story Narrowland, um quanet was um mean and she was not nice and okay people did not like her but in so, this but one in... she's generous and and powerful and Helpful. Helpful. They really respect her and want Mm -hmm. her to essentially remain a pillar. Yeah, exactly. So now we're going to kind of move on to the Algonquin tribes. yeah so this covers the across the great plains and towards the rocky mountains Mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of different tribes within uh here depending on which language that they speak um so part of the algonquin tribes are the osage people um and so they know the pukwajis as mayalukuk mayalukuk yeah mayalukuk which translates to wild people so asaj territory covers part of pennsylvania west virginia kentucky arkansas missouri uh kansas nebraska oklahoma colorado wyoming and a bit of utah that is a large space yes this is this is a lot of algonquin tribes and different bands yeah that's amazing that's quite a reach that's a portion of the country honestly yeah because even if some tribes um speak like certain languages they can and uh even and when they're close enough they can kind of understand different variations of the language yeah like a dialect almost yeah and and um yeah. even if they don't fully understand a lot of the time there will be like similar like practices or rituals or whatever that they mm-hmm can relate to and come together for uh-huh. and, and celebrate yeah because at the end of the day they probably have similar principles so mm-hmm. um, and then there is also the Sh- Shoshan tribes uh which have folklore about violent and magical little people uh oh <laughs> violent sounds right and magical too actually yeah um so these are also known as uh nimri Rigar. um so the nimri Rigar means people eaters <laughs> I was not expecting that. Dropping that bomb on ya. <laughs> yeah, so have fun with the pronunciation. Anyway, they eat people. Yes. Oh, we're taking a turn with these uh, Nimi Rigar. Again, for real. Honestly, we've got a little bit of everything in this story. Yeah. So the tribes of Arapaho called them cannibal dwarves <laughs> or enemy dwarves. A nightmare. The idea of a cannibal dwarf. Yes, and the Crow tribes called them uh, rumbi. Nirum-ni. Nirumbi. Nirambi. So I like the name Nirumbi, so we will call them Nirambi. I like Nirambi. Right. It's also, like, it sounds familiar for some reason, but maybe I'm just thinking of something else. Maybe, maybe it triggers something from a past oh. experience that you had and you just can't quite connect it. Nirambi. Nirambi. Um, so the Nirumbi are known as dangerous and aggressive cannibals or called, uh, yeah, tiny people eaters. <laughs> and uh, there are oral stories of these little people attacking with bows and poison-tipped arrows. Yep. Yeah, sounds about right. Which makes sense because I mean, even the Wampanoag uh, tribes uh, claim mm-hmm. they also had bows and poison-tipped arrows as well. Are they the ones that were also dressed up with like little seashell necklaces? That was the chief. Yes. Oh, so cute. Yes. Uh, yeah, along the bay, there's a, probably a whole bunch of that sort of stuff. So what well, I at that, can find at that point in the story, I thought you were gonna say was wearing a necklace with like teeth. Of all of his I would have taken a turn. <laughs> but he's like, seashells. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm not going to I'm not gonna mention the teeth because that's actually very cute. Yeah. <laughs> but now I've mentioned the teeth because we're talking about cannibals. And it seems like instead of seashells, they would wear teeth around they their, might. their neck. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they do. Maybe they wore some things of their victims or their kills. Well, you, like you said before, you made the point of how they could... They're so like savvy. They probably would repurpose their victim's clothing into like a little blue gown, right? Like I don't know. Like teeth make nice jewelry, maybe. Well, in that time too, you didn't just use things and then throw half it away like we do. Like yeah, you, you know, can use everything. Yeah, we don't use everything here, and it's it's a huge waste of um of the animal and uh, it's a yep. huge problem. So, but um, so they can inflict wounds without breaking the skin. That's Horrifying. Mm-hmm. They just run fast enough that they can just. Whip. Are you serious? There are some tales <laughs> of them ha- moving at incredible speeds, yes. Credit chop! And yeah. you're like, oh, I don't even have a bruise, but my leg's broken. Could whip you with a switch? Like, they could make. They could do anything, oh my right? God, they are evil. Yeah. Um, so. They are also known to participate in mercy killings with their own kind by a blow to the head when it comes to uh, being too sick or injured. So literally, nothing is off the table for them. No, they will. They're they like, will kill. You, if you, are, you are making slowing us. Them down. Yeah, you're making us look weak. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use this pinecone and bash your head in, or a rock. But they, but they are doing it also as a mercy as well. So they understand that, like, look, you're you're slow. You are slowing us down. You are taking up resources that could be used for others. Um, you shouldn't have to be this way. Um, we're not going to let you fall behind. So we'll just give you a mercy killing. And that actually makes sense based on their mindset. The person who was the one, or the the little pukwudgie that was the one. Slowing them down or wasting resources would probably be like, please. Yeah. Just my dignity. Just (laughs) Just take take me out. Just take me out. Yeah. Some people don't want to be seen as that sick either because um, they do have, uh, it is said that in, um, for the Nirambe, that um, it is considered like a great honor to go out um, Mm -hmm. in battle or uh, to be killed in battle. Absolutely. Um, So it's just part of their life. Um, so they do have their own villages, trails, and communities. I love it. It's mm-hmm. probably all very small and adorable. Yeah, it'd probably just uh, look like deer, little deer paths in the f- in the forest, right? So true. Mm-hmm. And then under, like, a giant fern bush, there's just, like, a little hut. Yeah. <laughs> a little piece of smoke. You're like, is that smoke? <laughs> no, it can't be. Like, it <laughs> the little tiny be. smokestack. Nah, no. are no, just in there grilling crazy. a steak. Like, <laughs> oh, Yeah, some of their little offering, the little yeah. meat offering. Um, so they're described as fairy-like little people, about one to two feet tall. Um, Even smaller than the other ones we've heard. Yes, yeah, smaller, and they're sometimes depicted with wings. I love that. A little potbelly and wings. Um, okay, it's like a little cherub. <laughs> cherubs are creepy. <laughs> I think they're cute. I think they're creepy. <laughs> this is why we work so well together. <laughs> you can think of that, and I'll think what I want over here. You can have cherubs and Tobey Maguire. I am fine <laughs> with that. <laughs> Oh, okay imagery, i dream the imagery that just happened in my head <laughs> and little naked cherub with a toby Maguire head and i'm <laughs> so upset did I, I ruin it for you <laughs> yes oh no, no, no. no next no. time no one will ever ruin it for me i'm just gonna be stuck with this for the day <laughs> I'm going to have to make you a whole new t-shirt. Oh my god. Whoever has to commission that for you is going to be like, what the actual fuck is well, this? Well, the thing is, is that I was, um, when I was uh, trying to get some stuff done uh, for your t-shirt, when I was trying to design it, my friend Nick was going to help me out with this mm-hmm. and it just wasn't, ended up working. Um, and so I could make up a design because I do know Photoshop. <laughs> Send it to him and have him get it for me on a shirt. If you can make me a little cherub with a little pot belly and wings with a Toby Maguire face, I won't rot in that shirt. I will never take it off. <laughs> I need this <laughs> something you didn't know you needed. It has to be like Toby with like emo hair. Yeah, emo with chirub. like the kind of crazy eyes. <sighs> I've got plans now. Okay, great. Alright, so it's on we have an audio recording. You're all witness. I don't <laughs> back down on my promises. I know. Yeah, I know. If you're like i have my heart set on this now, everyone's in it's it for happening. the ride. Yeah, and I'm stubborn like that. That's amazing. Yeah, you're, you're Taurus. It's your Taurus uh, yeah, ascending. Yeah. I, I will be stopped like a bull. Don't push me. <laughs> don't push me. Don't push me. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. <laughs> Okay, so um, different uh, tribes have different descriptions of what they look like uh, of the Naurambi. Oh. So um, the Omaha tribes describe them as only having one eye, like a cyclops. Oh, my God. Yeah. So not like missing an eye, like straight up one eye. Just one eye. Yep. Okay. And the um, Arapaho Mm -hmm. describes them as immensely strong. They're sturdy. They they are. They are strong and sturdy. <laughs> um, and then the crow describes them as having pot bellies and no necks. Okay. Again. Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, imagine stumbling upon this, like, ball of flesh with wings. A pot belly and one eye. No necks and being immensely strong. Did you ever watch um, <laughs> The Incredibles? Uh, oh, yeah. Long ass time ago. you know ago. Jack-Jack? Yes. Okay, so imagine that but with one eye and, uh, That's the, like, the baby, b- but, uh, right? Yeah, that's the baby. Okay, yeah. Yeah. With one, one eye. With one eye and a pot belly and wings. And no neck. When he gets, like, full-on, like, gremlin. Ew, his wings are probably muscular. <laughs> that's <the> beefy <laughs> wings? <laughs> <laughs> Just beefy-ass wings on uh-huh. The imagery. Now I still have a Toby Maguire face on it. <laughs> this thing is morphing. <laughs> At least I have uh, this recording to go back on to to make sure I get everything right. It's a lot of detail you have to account for. I'll make it right. Okay. <laughs> so um, it is said that the wild people have magical powers and can be dangerous uh, with stories of them kidnapping children again yeah. or using witchcraft to harm people. And some believe that they are so gluttonous and kill more than they need just because they can or they want to. Honestly, it seems pretty on par with everything else. Sounds like them, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, the most popular version of this event is the Narumbi were all destroyed in a war long ago by the Aparos and allies against uh, a war between them. Okay. So, um, that's, yeah, most popular event. Um, And so, according to uh, Legends of America, Um, There was a 14-inch full mummy found in 1932 by two prospectors, Cecil Main and Frank Carr, who were searching for gold on the San Pedro Mountains in Carbon County, Wyoming, about 60 miles southwest from Casper, Wyoming. Oh my god. Yeah. The story takes turns everywhere. There's there's a lot of evidence out there. Holy People hell. People just have to uh, piece it together. They just have to find all the evidence that it's right in front of your eyes. A fucking mummy, though? Yeah. So, well, it's also a dry climate, too, right? So it's sandy. It's dry. Um, they're panning for gold. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kept... Uh, I'll get more into it, but... Um, so. The two men found the mummy and said that, quote, they were surprised to see a small pygmy-like man sitting cross-legged upon a ledge. The tiny mummy was only about six and a half inches tall in its seated position, and estimated about 14 inches tall in standing position. Its skin was brown and wrinkled, its forehead low and flat, features displaying a flat nose, heavy-lidded eyes, and a very wide mouth with thin lips, and it had a complete set of canine teeth. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So for people claiming, oh, it was a baby, it had full canine teeth. A full, a full ass fucking grill. Yeah. Um, and they said that uh, the face looked like that of an old man. It was so oh. well preserved. Its fingernails could still be seen on its hands. And the top of its head was covered in a dark jelly like substance that was still pliable. Wow. Fascinating, And that correlates with um, the head being bashed in for these people as a mercy killing. Okay. And that goes to show that even though the, the fact that they do the mercy killing is because they don't want to drain on the resources. They don't want anything slowing them down. But they still have so much respect for each other that they've put it a proper, gave it a proper burial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after finding the body, uh, the, was, uh, after the finding, the body was transferred to Casper, Wyoming, and scientists from all over the country came to see the mummy, believing it to be a professional piece of taxidermy work. Oh. So they didn't even think it was real. They think it was pieced together, kind of like Frankenstein, and someone I made see. it. I see. Yeah. Uh, and this was the 30s? Yeah. Uh, 1932. And that around this time, especially in America, there was all sorts of, like, traveling circuses and, like quote-unquote freak shows and stuff where they were essentially mm-hmm. like making a Franken beast of some kind to put on display so yeah it falls in line with that time period of them being like okay well before we get ahead of ourselves it's probably let's make fake. sure some asshole didn't like macgyver this yeah exactly Um, And so also upon their findings, they found that, quote, X-rays displayed a perfectly formed man-like skeleton. Oh, the test also showed that the mummy had been killed violently as the spine was damaged, a collarbone broken and a heavy blow had smashed in the skull. So like you said, Mm -hmm. potentially falls in line with the mercy killing. Yep. And uh, the soft substance at the top of the head exposed brain tissue and congealed blood. Oh, yeah. After tests were completed, the scientists estimated that the mummy was a full-grown adult who had approximately 65 years old at the time of his death, end quote. Wild. And you said it's it was 14 inches tall in a standing position? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And six and a half feet, in, or six and a half inches so When sitting. it's in the sitting position, which is how it was sort of mummified. Yes, it was mummified with its legs crossed in a seated position. And that also kind of... Falls along with a mercy killing. Like if someone was prepared and knew ahead of time, then they would maybe sort of meditate on it or something, and then leaning up against a rock, ready to go. And yeah. Yeah, mercy killing and yeah. Crazy. 14 inches tall with a with a man like skull mm-hmm. and a brain and like normal red blood that's coagulated. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Yeah. Or I mean, with the especially with the like the spine was damaged and the collarbone broken as well. Could have been in battle. Could have been in battle. Yep. So wild that they did a little autopsy on it. Yeah. And uh, this exam was performed by the American Museum of Natural History and certified by the Anthropology Department of Harvard University. So fucking legit. Yeah. But there are claims later that they looked at it and examined it again and said that it was a child. But that sounds like a cover up to me. How do you say it has, it has full ass canine like teeth? hmm. It, full skeleton. A full skeleton. Brain. With tissue. They said they could think it could be from anywhere between like 65. About 65 years of age when he died, yeah. You wouldn't look at a child's skeleton and skull and say, these full-ass teeth and the 65-year-old is totally a kid. Yeah. That totally contradicts everything. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Other burial grounds have been found near Cusheton, Ohio. Where there were remains of numerous small people, only about three feet tall. Wow. Okay. And in 1876, another burial ground was discovered in Coffee County, Tennessee. Which, Coffee County. Coffee I love County, it. County, yeah, which covers about six acres, and uh, this giant cemetery held thousands of pygmy raised people. Amazing. Is Tennessee like directly south of Ohio too? Like, um, I'm not it's not like the next it's not like the next state below but it is like i think it's in that area right south yeah i don't know much of uh um the geography of the state so um but uh according to a theory by chris belzano um is oh chris is making an appearance again he's making an appearance yeah um And he has had multiple encounters with them. Mm -hmm. And he believes that the Pukwujis are more of a blanket term referring to all forest spirits that resemble similar types of creatures that look uh, slightly different depending on the location. Um, But they're all essentially all over North America, if not South America or the rest of the world. So depending on what your culture is like and uh, what has uh, been passed down from generation to generation, you could have different types of stories and Mm -hmm. Uh, Something that looks completely different from the East to the West. So, yeah, exactly. And plus, a lot of these stories are coming from different Indigenous people. Um, It's their tradition to pass stuff down orally. Mm -hmm. And there could be, you know, just through time, the passage of time, slight variations. Again, like you're saying, like even if there's the same region, with aboriginal people for example within that there could be various dialects or practices or whatever yeah and so there could be those slight variations so that's crazy and then the old um like lore about uh mooshop Mush- mosha mosha and how he probably just launched them yeah through them and launched them across god knows where so yeah of course they could be scat Little pakwages could be everywhere yeah, and I mean, if people are interested to know more, like, uh, you know, maybe we'll do another episode that kind of extends beyond just uh, North America. I know and... that's what's crazy is that what you just told us was was just North America and the northern of North America. Yeah, and I had to stop myself because <laughs> there is just so much information, and I was like, okay, I can't make this like five hours long. <laughs> I've gotta, I've gotta trim it down to a specific location. So. I thought these stories were a great way to kind of, uh, introduce, uh, you know, different types of cryptids and folklore and legends and myths. It was honestly, you did amazing. Thank you. It was very captivating. So much information because you weren't, you did not only touch on Pukwajis, you talked about the, the origins, the lore um, where the Lord came from. So different, um, indigenous peoples, mm-hmm. uh, touched on different locations, gave us a little bit of background on where we were, time periods, all of that. Like, you painted a really good picture. Thank you. I tried, I tried to really get into the history of it and mm-hmm. not being a person of Native American descent, I wanted to do it justice and I wanted to make sure that I tried my hardest to be accurate and be respectful and, give you the stories that uh, that they grew up on and Mm -hmm. you know that interest me and I'm really interested about uh, um, their their heritage and and the stories that they have and everything and so I'm sure there's going to be more more stuff more research into into their culture I love it I think you did that justice I think they would all be um, happy proud of what you how you told their stories um, especially because, like I had just said before, the oral tradition is very important. The, mm-hmm. the oral, the, the orally passing down stories. Yeah. And you, literally relayed, a ton of stories. Like here's the full story. So. Thank you. You did amazing. I'm so honored that you're on the show. 25, Steph, you're still listening. You gotta connect 25 somehow. <sighs> I haven't seen with haven't a while. It's been a while. Yeah, because she I miss to, you, Steph. She had to up and move. Ugh. I mean, I understand because moving up north is amazing and a goal she's of so mine. happy. She's there. I would be too. They're living their best life up there, and I'm going to see her soon. I'm so jealous. Uh, you guys are gonna have a great time. Dyson and I are going um, for uh, the beginning of July, and I'm gonna finally see her. Aw. I'm where I'm Tell writing. I said hi, Steph. Oh my God, yeah, and she's listening well, she'll right listen now. Anyways. I know she's hi, Steph. I'm writing a few episodes um, that we can record in person together, Ooh, which is I'm excited to hear those. Actually, a perfect segue. Okay. Because, sorry, you didn't have anything else. No, right? I was I was done. Perfect. I ended it. We ended it perfectly. <clears throat> we know we are on sync. We're always on sync. It's a vibe. It's a wavelength. It is. So that's actually a perfect segue because, like I had mentioned in the beginning, to stick around because it's the last episode of June. So So we are going to just give a little like shout out to the cases topics that we will be covering in July. Oh, exciting. So on July, the first Monday of July is July 4th. So I guess um, for American listeners, was that Independence Day? Is that what the 4th of July is? I don't know. Sorry, we just do something called Canada Day. It's very original. Yeah. (laughs) sorry we're so canadian but we're so close to the border <laughs> yeah we're like, we are like farther south than a lot of the states <laughs> yeah we're what about an hour to your border so two hours from where we are yeah um yeah 45 minutes an hour so an hour if you went in through niagara. um michigan and like an hour yeah and an hour if you went in through niagara yeah if you want so really close So, 4th of July, the first episode will be The Mysterious Guest in Room 1046. Ooh, haunted. Mm -hmm. Is it haunted? Will it be? But you're on to something, because July 11th, we're going to do another installment of Haunted Places. Ooh. So... Those are some of my favorite ones. I'm thinking of staying in Southern Ontario, just because I had so many stories, like, built up from when we did the first one, Mm. but... I'm not committing to Southern Ontario. Still got to gauge it, but it will be another Haunted Places installment. Very cool. I'm excited. And then July 18th um, with Steph, because we're when I go to see her, we're, we're going to record two episodes. So she'll join us for the Great Flood of 1889. hmm Okay. Because in our episode that we did together, uh, Robert Robert Raymond Cook... She was saying how she'd like suggestions for, she doesn't necessarily have to talk about the chart of a person. She could talk about the chart of a day because okay. it's essentially just the sky. So I was like, okay, I'll go look up some maybe like natural disasters or something. Yeah, and that would be really cool. I picked the great flood of 1889. So she'll join me for that. And then the last episode of July will be on the 25th and Steph will join us again and it will be the murder of Barbara Waite oh okay so we got a little bit of everything we got uh a mystery haunted places natural disaster Mm. and straight up true crime murder a full mixing pot of everything you could ever want so that's what july will have in store for you so make sure you tune in subscribe so you don't miss any of those episodes and then while we're on topics i besides fairies have a suggestion for you oh okay i have. A suggestion for you oh my god let's trade suggestions okay you go first okay so I really want you to do mothman mothman okay I have all like the cryptids or like creepy urban legend folklore type stuff I love mothman I'm fascinated by him and you do very good research so i would love to hear how you deliver mothman okay so the next episode mothman I would love that okay sounds good we can do that so you can do you can come back in in August for an August schedule Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Um, and what? What do you? What do you have for me? What's your suggestion for me? So I kind of have two. I've got uh the Barbie and Ken murders. Ooh la la. Carla Homoka and um what's his fucking head? Paul Bernardo. Yes, that is one. And the second one is uh Mary Vincent. Mary Vincent is she a survivor? Yes. Okay. I know both of those. Okay. And I. put those on the list page okay because i just saw like a little snippet here about mary vincent and then i got very curious and i just did a quick like little google search about it and it intrigued me so I was like I gotta know more but I don't want to research it because I think that a lot of people could really benefit from from hearing the story as well and uh, or are really curious about it so I figured this was a great place to ask oh my god absolutely to, like, come to the professional <laughs> I will add that to the list Ken and Barbie weren't one that I ever considered doing because I figured people were like maybe sick of it or like maybe in like our area people are sick of it but i'm sure from other parts of the world they have no idea Stop. or they might just have heard of, like glimpses yeah exactly i'll oh, my god the barbie and ken color paul bernardo and carlo homoco will be like two or three parter yeah probably that will be a just a lot of deep dive um actually my my mom went to school with one of the victims i'm pretty sure Oh, really, eh? I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Or maybe she was, my mom was friends with a friend of one of the victims. Can't remember exactly. Mom! Crazy.
1: What Back was jacket. it?
0: I'm <laughs> sorry for putting you on the spot, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'm happy to share all my experiences. Those are great suggestions. Okay, good. Oh, also, have we heard anything about Elnaz yet? No, there's nothing yet. So nothing yet. So, eh? the family has a GoFundMe. They are taking donations. The whole point is that they want to rate, uh, put up billboards and stuff in the areas that people might have seen her. They, The, Go, the GoFundMe is still active. Dyson and I have actually both donated to it. They are s- still on their way to reaching their goal, but it's still something that they're working very hard on. The social media for her is called Bring El Ness Home. It's very active. They're posting every single day, keeping track of how many days she's been gone, constantly posting photos of Harsh Deep Binner. He's the one suspect in the parking garage attacked that Mm -hmm. has not been captured yet because there is a nationwide arrest warrant for him. The other guy's been in custody, but there's no updates. And also, we live in Canada where police will not comment on ongoing or active investigations even the family is in the dark with a lot of things so it's really only if the media gets hold of anything or the family obtains information they're willing to share like i mean i understand like keeping things close to the chest for like important information that could potentially damage the investigation but at least some updates like you need more information. Updates uh, just the to people a- that care.: Exactly. Updates just so the family has faith in you still, that you're still working on it, that you haven't dropped it and forgotten it.: Exactly. So that's honestly from the last update that I gave, it would have been episodes ago now, like maybe 10 episodes ago. Um, it's really just the same. There's no updates. There's no leads, new leads that we know of publicly. But yeah, we're just keep sharing her photo, keep sharing her information on our website. We have all of the information about her case on our website. We have a link to the GoFundMe um, that the family is running. So it's a good question, Paige, but yeah, really, it's just at a standstill right now publicly. Yeah, and it's really sad. Like, I mean, there's a lot of women that have been going missing over the decades that have just been dropped or ignored honestly unfortunately if they're not white so i mean i think we need to really pay attention to the people um the bipoc people and uh, people of uh indigenous uh, absolutely and it's it's a really big issue that these women and, and uh children and girls and guys are going missing like mm-hmm. there's all over the country um all over the u.s like it's a, it's yeah. a really really prevalent important issue that a lot of people I think don't either know about or don't care about. I think it's a, a uneven balance of the two, but for sure it's the exposure. There's not exposure for Mm-mm. if you're not a blue-eyed, blonde-haired, white girl that goes missing. Yeah. Well, what was that? Um, Gabby. Petito. Gabby. Yeah. Gabby Petito, and you know, nationwide search for uh, Brian, Brian Laundry, Laundry. and uh, and her and stuff, and it's like, okay, well, great, that case has been solved let's let's move on to someone else who's missing and someone who is just as deserving as a white person as as a as a white woman um you know i want to give a voice to the people that that need it most and and it's the people that are marginalized and um and that need it that need the the extra voice in their corner Mm -hmm. uh to back them up and to say hey we matter just as much as uh anyone else in this country and you know, also women's rights, what's women's happening rights, yeah. in the U.S. right now is absolutely atrocious. And my heart is. Oh, my God. I cannot. With every every woman that lives in the States right now for Roe v. Wade. Ugh. And, you know, and we have to be careful because it's in our backyard. And, you know, the conservative MPs all voted to try and restrict women's uh, abortion access. And, uh, and I'm, we're not going to stand for it. Just so. The conservatives of uh, Canada know or any other party or any other person that thinks that they can take away a woman's right to decide what they would like to do with their own body. I'm sick of it and I can't wait for that conversation to be over and for people to recognize that you have no business in someone else's body or in their home. Right. The autonomy is non-existent. Oh, so many things that are equally as dark have more rights than a woman in her own skin has mm-hmm. it's just all uh, atrocious and yeah. then uh there there has been like interest like obviously they have not been realized to t- conception but there is like employers for p- women in that are in states where it's been totally banned that are saying like
1: mm-hmm.
0: we'll pay your expenses for you to go to a state where it's still legal yeah you're coming up for shopping Let's go shopping. I know, right? It needs to be come to like fruition properly, but yeah, like it's just such a a backwards backwards very bizarre time plus mm-hmm. it, even if you're aware of it or not, everyone knows someone who's had an abortion or thought about an abortion or mm-hmm. planned to get an abortion and didn't need to cuz they miscarried or whatever, but whether you realize it or not it's in your life yeah so the fact that you're taking it away uh because doesn't make it go away pro-life or whatever no they're (laughs) pro-murder of the woman that's right. All of their arguments are ridiculous. The The argument that, um, oh, that baby is not your body. Great. I'm going to go drink all the wine that I want. I'm going to smoke all the weed that I want. I'm going to smoke all the cigarettes, do all the drugs, because it's my body and it doesn't affect the baby, right? Oh, wait. It does need me to survive. Mm-hmm. I have that choice. You are not taking it away from me. And that is that. That just not happening. We Plus, will not let you. They seem to think pro-life- ends after it's born yeah but like if you're pro-life then are you going to provide care for this kid nope. are you going to give me money for food are you going to nope. give me money for education nope Healthcare? nope see my kid through school nope no because you're not pro-life no and you just are pro-controlling yeah the control of a woman's decisions in her bodies and it and just because one person can't possibly imagine having an abortion, an abortion does not mean that another woman doesn't need an abortion. It's not something that someone wants to get. It is a medical procedure that needs to happen to save someone's life or to uh, not hinder their quality of life that they currently have or are trying to uphold. And again, it's it's not any of your business. You are not in this child's life. You have no control over it. You have no say, get your nose out of my ass. And out of my ovaries. And out of my ovaries. Thank you for tuning in to our 25th episode. Paige, thank you so much. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. This was a lot of fun and I enjoy the show and I appreciate all the hard work that you guys put into this. Oh my God. Thank you. I think Dyson is like totally taking a nap, but I'll tell him you said that or he actually he'll just hear it when we're editing later. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You guys, you guys do really, really good stuff and really well thought out, well researched stuff. And I just got to say thank you from the community that listens to you guys. It's been really enjoyable. Thank you. One of my favorite podcasts that I've been listening to. But I gotta support my girl, so. was Such a nice compliment, Paige. Oh my god. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for teaching us all about Pakwa I was happy too. (laughs) And I hope everyone enjoyed it. I was obviously a little (laughs) nervous coming on here, but it turned out to be really good and I was really excited. Yeah, you just gotta find your groove. You did really well. Thank you. You did well, even for me putting you on the spot with some questions. <laughs> so that uh, Breakfast Club, <laughs> The Lion King, and Deadpool. Final answers. <laughs> not the Grinch. Not the Grinch. As much as I love the Grinch, not the Grinch. I love the Grinch. Make sure you rate the show five stars and leave us a positive review. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And send us some case suggestions. I already have some from you, Paige, and you have Mothman from me. So everyone, tune in next week when we talk about the mysterious guest in room 1046. And until then, we'll catch you on the dark side. Dyson! (laughs) Wake up! I'm happy to share all my experiences <laughs> As uh, Nimri Rhaegar? Nimri Rhaegar. Nimri, Nim, Nimri Ragar, Nim, Nimri Ragar, Nim, Nimri Rhaegar. Nimri Rhaegar. It's hard for my jaw to Nimmi Rhaegar. Nimmi Rhaegar. Nimmi Rhaegar. Yes. Nimmi Rhaegar. Oh, fuck it, what, cornbread. bread. <laughs>